Turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. <clears throat> John's Gospel, the 14th chapter, the 23rd verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. Let us pray. We thank thee, our great heavenly Father, our God, for love before time in choosing us. We thank thee for the right that we have to come before thy throne of grace. We thank thee for bringing us into this thine house once again, where we know all blessings are from thee. We ask that you to open our eyes and our hearts. Grant us the seeing eye, the hearing ear. Grant me the words to speak. We pray for our loved ones and grant repentance to them that are lost. We pray for those that are not in our midst, family members. We pray for our pastor. Keep your protective hands upon him and those with him. Guide him in the work that you've called him to, we pray. We pray for our country that you'd have mercy upon it. Grant us leaders that would fear and honor thee. We pray for our children, brethren, and loved ones. Guide us now in the way of truth. Help us to worship thee in spirit and in truth. Help us to exalt the name of Christ above every name. For in Christ's name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask these things, and amen. In that 23rd verse, we will make our abode with him. <clears throat> that's, that's an amazing statement. That tells us that God created man to worship God. God created man to house God. And, of course, that was brought to pass when Christ took upon himself flesh. There's a saying that the same sun that hardens the clay softens the wax. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Verse 7, there, there's a saying goes along with this, with this. But 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glorious as if thou not received it? We look down upon other people. If we always need to keep in mind that we could be just as bad as any if it wasn't for the grace of God. We read in another place where the Savior of one from life into life and the other to death into death. God has granted us repentance and faith because it pleased Him to do so like the potter has power over the clay. We are no more than just the clay. As I said, the same sun that hardens the clay softens the wax. In the South, we say the same hot water that hardens the egg softens the taters. 
2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. To the one we are the Savior of death and to death, and the other the Savior of life and to life. And who is sufficient for such things? Are we fitted or prepared? We read in the book of Isaiah, the 46th chapter, the 10th verse, about how God works all things after his own will, after his own, his, his counsel. Isaiah 46, 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God has, in his will, determined the way it will come to pass, and he brings it to pass. As I mentioned, the potter has power over the clay. Romans chapter 9, verse 21. I'm skipping around a little, little bit here. Hath not the potter... That's in Jeremiah chapter 18 and 6. Hath not the potter power over the clay the same of the same lump to make one vessel into honor and the other to dishonor? He has the right because all things are his to do as he sees fit. And that's what he does. It's for his own glory. Does it not make sense that the potter also can make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor? The world doesn't like that. <clears throat> the world wants to have their own say what the potter does. You've heard me use this illustration many times. I've been a machinist now 40 years. I've made a lot of things. I've never had one single thing to ask me, well, how come you made me such and such? Whatever they were made is exactly what they were. The potter hath power over the clay. <clears throat> what glory does it bring God to allow both vessels of honor and dishonor to fall in Adam? That's a question a lot of people's had. Why did he why did he do such? Why didn't he stop it? One glorifies his justice, the other glorifies his long-suffering, his sovereign will, his goodness. It's for his glory. It wasn't God's fault that man fell into sin, but it's to his glory that he redeemed him. He has no pleasure than in, at the death of the wicked, but it glorifies God, showing that only God could help him. The, the one just wouldn't hear it also manifests God's wrath and hatred for sin. When we see that one sin, the effects of one sin have not been eradicated, and what we read in the book of Revelation, the 20th chapter, even at that time, still will not have totally been eradicated. God is not the author of sin, and rebellion against him is sin. And 
thousands of years will go by and it'll still be sin and man will still live the, with the effects of it. One vessel is fitted and one vessel is prepared. Framed, one might say, showing God's power. God allows us, as I mentioned earlier, he allows man to make a fool out of himself just so man will learn to observe God's word, to heed God's word, and to obey God's word. All the wicked will do is sin if left alone. There's an old saying, the worst thing that God can do from, for somebody is absolutely nothing. In the book of Romans, the 10th chapter, the ninth verse, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How come man cannot do that? A lot of people don't, they, they'll listen, but the, the, no action. Because only God can grant them the grace to do such. Man must first repent. A lot of people think all I got to do is repent. Yeah, we need to ask ourselves from time to time, have we truly repented or do we say we do and think about it and not do it? That's That person is fitted, fitted to destruction. They cannot give up their actions. I mean, we read about the devils in the book of James. They fear and tremble, but they have no repentance. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 4. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. It's for his glory. They cannot give up their sinful ways. Well, how, how did God make them for his own glory? He just simply leaves them alone. He, if he caused them to do evil, It'd be a different story, but he allows man to do evil. Nothing is more clearly taught in scriptures than the need for separation between the clean and the unclean. God wants his to be clean. He wants his to be separate. You'll find also that the same people that love truth that are the clean and those that walk contrary to the truth are unclean. God calls us to be separatists. First Corinthians chapter six. <clears throat> verse seventeen. But he that is joined into the Lord is one spirit. Not two, one. Now it's using the illustration of here of the one that's joined to an harlot is one body. As scripture tells us in talking about marriage, 
the two shall be one flesh. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. In Romans, <clears throat> Romans chapter 9, verse 15. For he saith in Moses, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion upon whom I will have compassion. He goes on to talk about the reason that God raised up Pharaoh in verse 17. For this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. And all the earth has heard of the account of Pharaoh. God made good on his word, as he always does. <clears throat> we read about Jacob and Esau, verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Hadn't done no good or evil. And what is it said? Verse 13, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And of course, we also use that illustration. We can understand why he hated Esau, but we cannot understand why he loved Jacob. It pleased him to do so. <clears throat> Was one more worthy than the other? No. Verse 14, shall we say, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? No, God forbid. He owns both. The firstborn was supposed to have been more excellent. Both were sinners. In final analysis, God is to be glorified. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11, tells us even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. If so, then that child will be like it first appears, right? Amazing thing we find concerning abortion you don't find too many people that too many women that had an abortion ever be saved well Manasseh caused his sons to pass through the fire that was Hezekiah's son which is innocent murdering the innocent babies God granted Manasseh salvation. He granted him saving faith. Amazing fact. Proverbs 20 and 11 tells us about children being known by their doings. Does that mean... If they're bad when they're a child, they're going to be bad when they're an adult. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 4. 
God is not bound by anything. Speaking about the potter and the clay, well, let's start in verse one. The word of the which the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, "Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words." Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work upon the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again one another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are, are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. It doesn't matter, man, woman, or child. He can mold, sway, whatever he decides to do. As the old saying goes, he can make beautiful china or the pot for foul refuse. We leave it at that. Vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor. It's all boils down to the will of the potter. <clears throat> With God, things turn out to be oftentimes far more different than how man expects them. You ever watch an artist? I know some of you have, my daughter for one. When they start a drawing, you usually cannot tell what they're drawing. They'll start someplace over here making a circle and turn it into a mountain or something like that. You, it's all in what the artist decides they want to do. They make an animal... You can't tell what they're going to make until they're halfway done. What then is left for us to do? Well, Scripture tells us to obey in the book of Samuel is better than the sacrifice. That was Samuel's advice to Israel's first king. To hearken in the fat rams. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice to hearken than the fat of rams. 1 Samuel 15 and 22. What's left for us to do is simply obey. Enoch's, Enoch in the Old Testament, great-grandchildren of Adam, you you may remember in, in the study on Wednesdays, our pastor, the, the lineage after from Adam, you had the good side and what's known as the bad side, the side of Cain fact of the matter is both were sinners both walked contrary to God 
God revealed himself to one. One walked with God. The other, he left in their sins. And we simply presume they perished in the flood. But even still, both vessels were sinners. Well, the more I read scripture, the more I see myself not being righteous, as I mentioned this morning, but unrighteous. In the study of Proverbs, Proverbs teaches us how to deal with people. I find myself not being the wise and the prudent, the wise one, but I find myself to be more like the fool. We are vessels of mercy, which mercy God withholds from those that he withholds his mercy from, bear his wrath and punishment. What if we were born or had been born into a Muslim family up from Iran or Iraq, some of these other countries, or a Chinese, where religion's not allowed? We could easily have been put in that very predicament. <clears throat> we're, mer we're vessels of mercy. He chose to pour his wrath and punishment upon it that we was due us, but he put it poured it out upon his son instead. That's divine mercy. Where's grace in all this? Hebrews chapter four verse 16 let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may have obtain mercy and find help in the time of trouble we only have that ability because Christ finished works at Calvary There are those that think that they'll believe at any time they want to believe and repent whenever they want to. That's just the fact. They don't want to. The Armenian says God will not interfere. God always interferes. Saul of Tarsus, did he not strike him down on the Damascus Road? Did he not tell Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down there in the... Was it the nineteenth chapter of the Gospel of Luke? There's a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief of the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press. Now, he, obviously, from this, he did not know Christ, never had met him, wanted to see him. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree. For he used to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Yes, God interferes. He opened Lydia's heart. Vessels of mercy prepared. Mercy we do not deserve. 
I think it's in Romans chapter 9, verse 29. And Isaiah saith before, except the Lord of Sabaoth had left us seed, we had been like Sodom and had made like unto Gomorrah. If it wasn't for God's mercy, we'd be no different than they. Verse 24 and 25, the same chapter. Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also to the Gentiles. There were a time that the Gentiles were without hope. It says that plainly there in the book. Look over in the book of Ephesians. We were without hope. That means exactly what it says. He granted at one time mercy and repentance to the Gentiles. Now we're no more strangers and foreigners, but it tells us in chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and the strangers of strangers from the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus you who are sometimes far off are made now by the blood of Christ. Without hope. That's a terrible predicament. What do we do? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. I think I've already covered that. Speaking about the... Well, Hebrews 2 and 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom all are all things, bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He's going to bring many sons to glory. And he's going to do it by interfering, as the Armenian would say. We are fitted to worship the Almighty who did make us. That's why we're here. And I've used that illustration many times in the book. I think it's 1 Corinthians as well as 2 Corinthians, I think, which is what I'm wanting, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Where it tells us in verse 17, Wherefore come out from among them. From among who? False gods, verse 15, Belial. idols and idolatry verse 16 what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for ye are the temple of the living God do, do we honor God by acting like God lives within us or do we not act like God serious questions to ponder we're fitted to worship the Almighty who did make us. Do we act like it? 
ain't gonna speak too much more. The voice is gone and turn turn over to Romans chapter eight. Verse 22, well, verse 21, actually. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glorious liberty of the children of God. Nowhere does any merit this. We're unworthy of it. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. We're fitted. We're prepared. How good of stewards, stewards are we with what we've been fitted to do, I guess is what I'm saying. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of, of the body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? That's sight. Brother Joe speaking about the promised son in Genesis chapter 24, which is Isaac, goes to... Abraham sends his servant to go find a bride, which is a type of the church. And she had not and did not see her husband. let Let me go back there briefly. Might make this a little bit clearer. Verse 50. Laban and Bethuel said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be the, thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. See, of course, she said she would go. Verse 57, we will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebecca and he said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. She did not go by sight. She, she didn't see her husband, Isaac. She didn't see him till she got to where he was. This, what we're speaking about here is faith. Christ there in the Gospel of John, the, the tenth, not the tenth chapter, when he was speaking to doubting Thomas. Verse 27 of the Gospel of John, the twentieth chapter. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither 
thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. We're fitted with this faith. I mean, what does it tell us there in the book of Ephesians? For by, for by grace are you saved through faith. Where did we get that? God gave it to us. Did he interfere? If he doesn't, we do not. We're still in unbelief. I'll close with reading that. Ephesians chapter 2, for verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. goes on to say, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them.